A week ago when 16,000 young adults who'd come from all over the world to St. Louis, was their worship something like this? Last night and today as probably more than 5,000 junior high and senior high students are gathered in Green Bay, is their worship something like this? And God, what about the hundreds of millions of people beginning over on the far side of the world in Asia who have been celebrating Sunday all through Asia, all through Africa, all through South America? Has this been a great Sunday for you, God, this first Sunday of the new year? As you have been receiving the praise and the adoration that only you deserve? Could I invite you to look into each of our hearts, God? The words that we've just sung, are they an accurate reflection of what we really feel inside of us? Could I invite you to look into our minds? Our songs have lifted up our voices and have said remarkable truth about you, a majestic, awesome, holy, wonderful God. Do we believe in our minds that it's true? Now, God, we open our hearts and our minds to receive from you, and we ask you, please, speak into our lives. Touch us, please, God, at the point where you know we need your touch as we step into this new year together. Why don't you ask God for his touch on your life in these next moments? He knows what's going on with you. He knows where you hurt. He knows where life is confusing to you. He knows where you're anxious or fearful. Why don't you invite him in the next few minutes to touch you right at the point of what he knows your need to be. And we'll thank you, God, for the difference that you would like to make in our lives. And we pray it, of course, Lord Jesus Christ, in your name. Amen. And amen. I invite you to be seated, my friends. While I uh, tell the little children how much I love them, but we've got some wonderful adults ready to help you. Little ones up through grade four will dismiss you now to those wonderful adults. Thank you, Pastor Mark and team, for wonderfully leading us into God's presence. For the last several years, I have asked God for a miracle. I've said, uh, God, there's thousands of words, thousands of verses in this book, the Bible. God, would it be possible that you would bring into my mind a verse or two that you know will become really significant to us in this next year? And, and if you've been in my office, you know that there are uh, on the wall all of the theme verses going all the way back to 1999 when I started doing that. This is the verse from last year. Would you say it one more time with me? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let's run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I hope you found it to be significant in your life this year. May I show you the first part of our 2013 theme verse. 
You'll find it in 2 Corinthians 5.17 and you see it there on the screen and I invite you to say it with me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. I'll give you the second part next week. And would you look at the front of your worship folder for a moment? With our 20 theme verse, 2013 theme verse, God issues a clarion call to all of humanity. God's new normal for humanity stands in stark contrast to the ever-increasing darkness and evil and immoral dysfunction that we are calling normal. Would you agree with that? I'm a bit of a college sports fan, and so I've watched a couple of the bowl games in the last week or so. And I'm so glad that my remote has a mute on it. I have pretty well worn it out uh, over the last few years. Because uh, when it comes to the commercials, it seems to me most of them just aren't worth either listening to or looking at. And I'm especially frustrated, I don't mind telling you, that I'm trying to watch an enjoyable football game. And as you're telling me about these exciting new primetime shows that are coming up, I'm embarrassed to be an American. I'm embarrassed by what we are proclaiming to the world is the new normal of life in America. How about you? This is not the way God designed life to be lived. And that's why over the next few weeks I'd like to talk about God's new normal that He's inviting you and me to be a part of. Who you could be. How you could impact our needy world. And what you could accomplish in 2013 is clear in the mind of God. Do you agree with that? Why not discover it for yourself and live it? So let's take this verse almost word for word in the next few minutes. Would you join me in that? There are some notes, of course, in your worship folder, and I urge you to take them because you're going to want to take a few more this morning. Therefore, the first word, therefore. Remember last year, because our verse last year started with the same word, I suggested to you that when you see the word therefore in the Bible, it's like a stop sign. Stop right there. Don't read any further. And look around. Read the verses and the chapters that came before. Try to understand what is it that God would like you to know before you go any further. It's kind of like a real stop sign. You stop and you look around, get your bearings, and then move cautiously forward. Five times Paul, the author of 2 Corinthians, uses the word therefore in chapter 4 and 5. Five times. May I suggest to you that when he comes to this one, I think he might be saying this. Now really step back and get the big picture of it all. Look up on a cloudless night and be amazed at all the stars and ask yourself this question, what do you really know about God? Who, who is God? Uh, God, of course, and you see I've made a little list for you there and I'd urge you to add to it, is eternal. He's timeless, right? God is love at the very core of his being. That's why he made you and me. That's why he'd like relationship with us. God, God is holy, perfect. God is sovereign, has full authority over everything, right? He, he's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. <laughs> so what additional words would you add to the list, I wonder? You have one or two for me? He's forgiving. He's patient. Amen. I'm sorry? One more time. Merciful, thank you, thank you. I was still thinking in Crayle, so I was having a... 
<laughs> He's humble. Isn't that a good word? Now, now what about us? I think the, the author is saying, now take a good look at humanity. What do you see when you look around? Well, first, we're amazing. We are made in God's image. There's nothing else like us in all of the universe. Would you agree with that? But we're a mess. <laughs> we're a mess because we're a rebellious human race, and we have been every generation since Adam and Eve, and it's getting worse by the day. But amazingly, we are the only thing in all that God made that is repairable. <laughs> God can fix it. Amen. Right? Right? And we are reproducible. Well, so are dogs and cats and birds. What's the big deal about that? Oh, no. No, we are reproducible morally, spiritually. Uh, you may have noticed that uh, many of the folks on the platform this morning leading us in worship, they, they looked similar. <laughs> That's because most all of them are part of one family. Uh, Pastor Mark and Julia have had six children, and three of them were their kids, <laughs> Philip and David and, and Rachel. I know this family pretty well. And I know that Mark and Julia had determined that if God would bless them with children, they would make it their business that those children would come to know the Jesus that they know. And hopefully they would come to love music the way they do. And they would come to love worship the way they do. And that's why they wanted to start our new year as a family inviting us into worship. So how about you? What are you reproducing in your family? That's really significant. Huh? So you may have noticed the title for today, God's New Normal, N-C-C-A-A-A. And you may be thinking you're into this NCAA football thing too much. You, you, you've taken it too far. Here's what it means. A new creation in Christ is always available anywhere to anyone. Do you agree with that? Now, if you look at your notes, you see you're going to have to make a little adjustment there because that's not exactly what it says in your notes, but I like this one better. A new creation in Christ is available always anywhere in the world to any person. Therefore, if... That little two-letter word is one of the most important words in our vocabulary. W would you agree with that? You see, it means you're standing at a crossroads of decision. If you go this way, this is what's going to happen. If you go this way, that's what's going to happen. If, therefore, if. It's a choice. God has made it all possible for you and, and for me to experience change, to be repaired from the mess that we are as a result of all the evil that we live in. But it's a choice, and you have to make the choice. In fact, do you see what I wrote there for you, my dear friends? NCCAAA is conditional. No decision is a decision. Oh, look closely at that. Do you know what that means? A week ago at this time, those who spent a lot of time thinking about the economy were wringing their hands about something called the fiscal cliff. The economies of the world were wringing their hands wondering what's going to happen in America. Do you understand what the fiscal cliff was? The fiscal cliff was the reality that time was passing by. And at midnight, December 31st, 2012, a number of automatic things were going to happen. The tax laws were going to change in America, affecting every person in America. And a whole bunch of other things. You couldn't stop it. It was going to happen. You see, no decision 
if they didn't do anything, if they just kept talking about it, once you get to 12.01 a.m. January 1, every one of our lives would change. They had to do something. You see the flowers? We don't always have flowers like this in this room unless we have either a wedding or a funeral. And yesterday we had a great celebration of a man by the name of Tori Linland, 90 years of age, who's having his first Sunday in heaven. Amen? You should have heard all the wonderful things said about him. <laughs> Pastor Tory was a man who was determined that not only would he make the right decision about Jesus Christ, but he would help as many other people make the right decision. In fact, Brian Ogney, you didn't bring it with you, did you, dear Brian? I wish you had. It would have been wonderful. Brian had this apparatus. Can I call it that? On this end, there's a, a pincer. You can squeeze it, and then a long bar about this long. And over here, it's like a tweezer, like two fingers like this. So you squeeze here, and it closes. You release it, and it opens. So what? Pastor Tory carried this in his automobile for years with a stack of tracks. And he'd pull up to a stoplight, and he'd get a track and wait for a car to pull next to him. He'd roll down his window, reach over and tap on the window, and drop it in the car and say, Hey, read that. It'll help you. <laughs> Isn't that true? Thousands of tracks like that. Now, when his girls were young, they were hiding under the dashboard. I hope, I hope there's nobody in that car that knows me. But yesterday, they sat up straight in this chair. They were proud to be the daughters of that man who had tried the best he could to help thousands of people make the right choice because no decision is a decision. It means, it means... There will be flowers for you someday and me. This heart will stop. You will breathe your last. And at that moment, at that moment, you will go over the cliff <laughs> into eternity. And where you will go depends on the choice you make now in this life. No decision if you choose not to accept who Jesus Christ is and what he has done for you, you will go over the cliff into the place where all of those who have rejected Jesus will spend all of eternity apart from God. There's a verse that says that. Candy, you have that for me there, right? God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him, Jesus, is not condemned. But, do you see the last line? Whoever does not believe stands condemned already. All of us were born on a road toward eternal separation for God and unless, from God. And unless you make a choice to turn to God, you'll go over the edge apart from God. Do you understand that to be true? So no decision, no choice will end you up apart from God. That's why, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, is so absolutely important. Therefore, if, choice, anyone, don't you love that? Anyone, any person, any living human being, anywhere in the world, any skin color, any language, any socioeconomic status, any person at any time in their lifetime can choose Jesus. Amen? You see what I wrote for you there in your notes? There is no exclusions to eligibility. John 5, 24 says, Whoever believes in me crosses over from death to life. Only my refusal disqualifies me. 
That's the only thing that will disqualify you from Jesus doing that new creation work in you, your refusal. So may I ask you a question, my dear friends? It's a question I've been asking myself. What's going to be different in 2013 for you, really now? Or are you going to come to the end of 2013 and look back and say, pretty much same old, same old. I have something I would like you to watch. Watch this. I just can't wait another year. Therefore, if anyone, anywhere, anytime, is in Christ, is a new person, a new creation, is in Christ. Isn't that an interesting little phrase? Have you found that, that what we're talking about today happens in an encounter with the living Jesus Christ as he unleashes his power into your life at your point of need. Do you agree with that? When Jesus was here, blind people sitting on the side of the road cried out to him. He touched their eyes or he spoke the word and his power was unleashed to them and they could see, right? Crippled people were able to stand up and walk. Dead people came walking out of the tomb. An unleashing of God's power. This new creation thing happens in an encounter with the living, risen Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's what we try to do every time we gather here is to help you with that. But it's more than that. Is, therefore, if anyone is in Christ. Remember our theme from December? Celebrate Jesus now. And I remember, I think, Pastor Tuck, it might have been Christmas Eve when you talked to us about now is now, but it's also now, and now, and three minutes from now, and five minutes from now, and an hour from now. The now is a continual present. Huh? Whoever is in Christ in a continual relationship in Christ, that's where it happens. Do you happen to notice in my notes where I said in, it's a dynamic, authentic living relationship and you see the little nr in parenthesis it means not religion i'm talking about a power encounter with jesus christ and a relationship with jesus christ not religion rituals hmm? therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation you and I are magnificent evidences of God's creative genius. Seven billion of us and no two of us the same. Inside of your mother's womb when you couldn't even be seen with a microscope, God was choosing your eye color and where to put the ears on your head <laughs> and how many fingers on the ends of your arms, right? God did all that and somehow wove together all of your inner parts that it all works so that when you eat amazingly, that wonderful whatever you had gets distributed all through your body and you stay alive and you grow. And when you breathe, somehow that moves all. God did all that. It's magnificent. Do you agree? A new creation says he wants to do it again, not changing your body, but just as miraculously changing you. A new spiritual nature awakened in you. Regeneration, it's called. A new creation, a new person. The, the old is gone and the new has come. The old is gone. Now think about your life for a minute. What are you awfully glad that in your life 
Jesus Christ has taken it from you. It's gone. (laughs) What are you awfully glad that God is not holding you responsible for it anymore? You're forgiven. See, I got two words in there for you. The old is gone. Ransomed. (laughs) No longer condemned. Romans chapter 8, remember? (laughs) Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? No longer condemned for our dysfunctional past. Forgiven (laughs) and emancipated. No longer living in bondage to sin under the power of sin set free from that. A new creation in Christ. The old is gone. I've left a lot of room there for you to ponder later today and through this week. So what else of the old in you are you glad Jesus is taking care of, huh? How about old anger, old lust, old secrets that nobody else knows anything about, but if they did, oh my. And the new has come? What is this new? All things are new. How about a new identity? I think I have that written there. Is that right? Yeah. You you are now a son or a daughter of the Most High God. Your, Your core essential identity now is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? A new holy nature. You're not the person you were when you've experienced this new creation that Jesus Christ accomplishes in you. You don't have to go down into that dark place that you couldn't help yourself with before. You have a new holy nature. Amen? And how about a new destiny? (laughs) What must Sunday be like in heaven? Huh? You ever thought about that? What must Sunday be like in heaven? If you knew Pastor Tory, you knew he couldn't say more than about three or four sentences before he'd start singing, right? I have to make it, I have to believe Tory's made a difference already in heaven. But have you ever thought about the fact that there's about 90,000 people a day who, who trust Jesus Christ to be their personal Savior around the world? For the first time in history, more than the daily death rate. About 80,000 people a day step into eternity. From what we can tell, perhaps... About 25 to 30 or 40,000, depending on the day, who step into God's presence every day. What must that be like in heaven? 40,000 new people, 50,000 new people every day. Wow. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Amen. And all this is from God. It means you can't do it and neither can I. As much as I would love to change myself, I can't. I am who I am, and it's not going to change with a lot of good effort on my part. And you can't beat it out of me. (laughs) Neither could my parents when I was a kid. Only God can reach down inside of me and repair the brokenness. Only God can recreate in me a new spiritual dug. Aren't you glad? (laughs) You didn't want to know the old Doug. How about you? Do do you see I've made a list there of, of how this works? Do you see it at the end of my notes there? It begins with me acknowledging my desperate condition that I can't fix. I need help, God. 
I then have to submit myself fully to God's justice. God, I deserve to be punished for who I am, but I'm asking for your mercy. I then receive God's grace that I don't deserve. I'm totally unworthy for God's love. And then God goes to work. And he starts changing me. He transforms me by his superior power. He heals me. He starts to repair me. He then sustains me and grows me for the rest of my life in this relationship with him. He is with me wherever I am. I become a a new person, a God-designed person. And I'm restored and I'm renewed for his glory. Now, how could you possibly say no to that? Especially knowing that your no means I'm going over the cliff into an eternity apart from God. This past summer, there were two young women in our community who were wrestling with their future. One of them, you get a regular update pretty often, Tess Cervenka. She's in Thailand now. You know, 11 nations in 11 months going to serve the neediest of the world. Tess grew up in a Christian home. She she has watched God transform her her, her family and people that she has known. And she's loved Jesus for quite some time and, and was obedient to God in her response to God's call in her life. And I don't know if Tess knows Maria, but there's another young lady that grew up in our community. She too grew up in a Christian home, but as for many young women, as I understand it, there was something inside that said, I'm not so sure about that. She befriended my wife and was a part of the women's aerobics ministry that we have here. Maria had an opportunity to go overseas and teach English, South Korea, village. If I understand it correctly, part of it was to get away from Williams Bay, at least for a little while, and part of it was to get away from God and all this God talk around here. She and my wife have carried on this correspondence. (laughs) She's not... She's not the same woman that she left here. She has experienced what I have tried to share with you this morning. Could I read you one of her most recent emails to Dawn? Hi, Dawn. I wanted to wish you a happy new year from Korea. It's snowing here. Dawn, thank you for your note on Christmas. It really helped me a lot. Most people don't understand life away from America overseas. It's especially hard without my family around. She would not have always said that, if I understand correctly. I made it through Christmas. It's only made me a lot more grateful for my family and my friends back home whom I miss. I'm sitting back and reflecting on 2012. I'm really looking forward to what God has in store for me this next year. It's pretty incredible to see how he has been working in my life in 2012, even when I spent most of that year fighting against him. My prayer for this year is that he fills me with his love and that I demonstrate and that I extend that love to others, especially to to my students, whom I don't particularly like sometimes, (laughs) and that he guides me to what he wants me to do. I am at a complete loss what I want to do. Living here and teaching has killed my love of teaching. I hope I get it back. But if not, I know God has a better plan than I could ever try to come up with on my own. Did you hear that? Surrendering to God is hard, 
but it's sure for the best. In fact, it's liberating. (laughs) I've spent so much time and energy fighting against God and trying to make my own way. It's exhausting and counterproductive. Funny how we think we have all the answers and can do it on our own until God meets us in our place of great need. (laughs) We're going to have communion this morning, if you'd like to. You don't have to. You don't have to be a member of Calvary Community Church to receive communion. We just ask, please be sure that somewhere in your life journey, you came to the place where Maria has come, where so many have come, and you've trusted Jesus Christ to be your Savior. Pastor Mark and his family are coming back onto the platform again because they're going to lead us in some worship as we receive communion. Now, here's my question. As you get ready to step into 2013 today, is 2013 going to be any different for you, really? What about the path that you're on and the destiny to which it is taking you? Remember, no decision is a decision. If you choose to not turn to Jesus Christ, and of course he gives you that privilege and that opportunity, he gave you a mind to think, a heart to feel, he'll never force himself upon you. What will the rest of your life be like without God? If you have already turned to Jesus sometime in your life, but like Maria, wandered out there, and is it time to come back? And start 2013 in a whole new, fresh, new creation relationship with Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ, you know each of us in this room. You know everything about us because you made us. Every breath we've ever taken, you gave it to us. Every word we've ever spoken, you heard it. Every choice we've ever made, you've seen it. You were right there. I praise you, God, that you have made such a huge difference in the lives of so many of these, my friends, in this room and in my life. I praise you for what you've done in Maria's life halfway around the world in cold, rural South Korea. What about right here this morning, Lord Jesus Christ? Are there some folks who are ready to say, that's enough, God, that's enough. I desperately need your help. I can't fix my problem. Right where you're sitting, This is a private moment between you and the God who made you and loves you. He would very much love to respond to your invitation for him to go to work in your life and start repairing the brokenness, placing within you a new creation spiritual nature and drawing you into a wonderful love relationship with him. He's waiting for your sincere recognition that you need his help and your invitation to let him start working in your life. No magical words. Your own private words expressing to God what you understand to be your need. Lord Jesus, as we receive communion together, we do it honoring you. The bread symbolizing your body broken for us 
as you took upon yourself the punishment for our sin. The cup symbolizing your blood shed for us so that there could be forgiveness and the blood of a restored relationship through the new covenant with you. We worship you now, O God, by the receiving of communion together. Gentlemen, would you serve us, please?